Good day and welcome to the Waystations Ministries podcast. I'm Greg Spencer with a light for your journey and a good word for the road. It's great to be traveling together and I thank you for coming with me. Let's ride together for a while. Hi friends, it's Greg Spencer with the Waystations Ministries podcast, and I'm really glad to be with you once more. I hope that you're enjoying these uh, podcast sessions. I hope that you're sharing them with others, because we'd really like to reach out and to help people as much as possible. We'd like to help them to be happy, to be wise, to make good choices, to be able to persevere, to endure, to have confidence and courage, and to have a positive spirit and enjoyment of life. Life is short, as so many say, and it is best if we live it well every single day. So that's what we're trying to do. Waystations Ministries is about all kinds of ways of reaching out and offering the best that we can to help people enjoy the most that they can in the best ways that they can. So here we are. (laughs) It's in the middle of the fall season. And uh, it's a great season. It's one that I look forward to. I love uh, living in the Northeast where the leaves change. And it is normally a very beautiful thing. Sometimes it happens over a period of weeks. So it's a delight to see the changing leaves. That's not been the course this year. Uh, Unfortunately, the uh, summer has had an impact on the way uh, chlorophyll Uh, is used by the trees, I guess. And they've not changed that quickly. Normally by October, there's an awful lot of leaf change that has taken place. But that's not the case, at least not in Western PA. Now, in the last couple of days, it has started to change a lot. So I'm really observing a lot and enjoying it. Every single time I see a vibrant tree alive with color, it just delights my heart. And uh, it's nice, too, when we have some brisk evenings but clear skies. And you can see the stars and the moon. And that takes your breath away, too. There's an awful lot of good that surrounds us, even though it doesn't happen exactly on our schedule, even though it doesn't happen exactly the way we want it to. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. That doesn't mean that we can't be happy and fulfilled. Now, this is very important. The principle that I want to talk about is how to live well in spite of the negative things that we have to contend with. This is a major theme for me. It's a very big deal. I think faith doesn't really have much value unless you can apply it in your lives. And I think that our lives are designed to be happy. We're designed to enjoy life as abundantly as we can. There aren't too many that can. There are not too many creatures that know how to enjoy. They don't have a consciousness. But human beings do. And if we can help each other to be happy, we would be so much better off. If we could learn how to cooperate with each other, understand each other, help each other, live together without conflict, oh, I think the wondrous things we would enjoy and that we could accomplish. Now, that's not just pie in the sky. It's about how do we get there. And I think what's happened to us lately is that the coronavirus and this worldwide pandemic has had a profound effect on every single one of us. I think all of us have fallen ill. Not all of us have had physical symptoms like flu-like symptoms or that kind of thing. We've not had trouble breathing or the pain that seems to occur. We've not all had to get locked down in our homes uh, sick and, and afflicting others. But we have been affected spiritually. 
We have been affected by being locked down. We've been affected by the oppression and the fear of getting the virus. We've been struck ill by the inability to have hope in the midst of or confidence in the midst of. It's hard to enjoy. We thought that in the summer, we would be able to enjoy life again. We would, as some people said, get back to normal. Well, I think normal's changed. But we did not get back to where we thought we would. And what we saw is that concert venues and theater venues and restaurants, people were still anxious and not going out in attendance to various things because of the concern about the coronavirus and its effects and whether you were going to get it or not. I think the spiritual illness that we have fallen, uh, succumbed to is a depression, a low level, low grade level of depression that has affected the way we see, the way we think, and the way we feel. I think that we have isolated ourselves from each other. I think that we've allowed our emotions to creep up to the very surface of our being. So it's not hard to trigger usually the worst emotions that we have. I don't think that's good. I think we need healed from the coronavirus in a spiritual way just as much as we do in a physical way. Now, I've seen this uh, manifested in a lot of ways. More recently, I've seen uh, the conflicts between parents and schools. As the schools reopened in the fall, there was a question about whether they should have to require uh, mask wearing or not. On the one hand, you've got people that don't want to wear masks. They don't believe in the coronavirus or whatever it is that they've chosen uh, not to believe. They've chosen to believe that they're free and that freedom is paramount. And so they don't want to wear masks and they don't want them required of their kids. Now, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know that it's wrong for them to value that opinion or that, that position, except where it intrudes upon the well-being of others. Because on the other side of the coin, you have a lot of parents who do believe in the coronavirus and do believe that masks are an effective way of reducing the risk of getting the disease. It's an effective way to help people, to protect them, to keep them well. And so when they think about going to school, they want to, their children to be safe. They don't want to see their kids sick. They don't, want to, they don't want to be afraid of the impact of the coronavirus in their lives. Now, they're right, too. They're perfectly right and free to have that opinion. The challenge comes when both want to go to the same school and they want to fight for each other. I find it fascinating that uh, you want freedom from your point of view. You want health and safety from your point of view, but you don't want to allow that to the person who has a different point of view. That I think we have to get over. I think what we have to do is find an effective way to live together in spite of the coronavirus. I think we have to find a way to be effective in our care and respect for each other, in our love for each other, our concern for each other, and to a certain extent, our protection of one another. Because when we do that, everyone should be able to survive. We should be able to thrive. At least I believe we can. But it takes respect and it takes values. Now, what do I mean when I say values? Values are principles that become guides for us. They help to shape us in how we think, what we feel, how we feel, what we say, how we say it, what we do, the choices that we make. A good value system helps us to make good choices. 
a bad value system doesn't support us and lead us to better. And so I think having good values really helps a lot. And so I think we need to think about what are the guides that we use? What is that which helps us to find good values? A lot of people will base their values on their emotions or their desires. Now, those things don't satisfy us very long, and they don't really satisfy us very well. It could be argued that they don't satisfy us at all. They give us pleasure, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be satisfied. Very often, we'll get one thing and be hungry for another within a matter of moments. What does last? What does help? Well, as you know, I like to trust the Bible. Now, the Bible, I think, is a living word of God. And what I mean by that is the Bible was written to talk about human circumstance. It was written to show people's character and the mistakes that they make and the wisdom that they have. It was designed to show us what is good and what works and what's bad and what doesn't. It's a way to give us an alternative to thinking about what is valuable and important and to choose it with wisdom, with good judgment. And uh, so there's lots of things in the scriptures that help us to understand ourselves and our lives a lot better. Uh, One of those is from the book of Colossians. Now, Colossians is a weird word. It is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to teach faith to a new church in the town of Colossae. And uh, what he was trying to do is to help people to figure out how do you live by faith? How does this faith help you to live effectively in the midst of the things that we face? Now, when people had problems, they'd write Paul and say, hey, help us out with this. And so one of my favorite books is this letter. And this comes from chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And the first thing that he says is, we've not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with a knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, I love that. That's verse 9 in chapter 1, and I think it's really interesting. First of all, that the people of faith are praying for the people of faith, and we hope that you'll be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now, I've heard the term God's will used in a lot of ineffective and I think inappropriate ways. Sometimes when bad things happen, they'll say, oh, that's God's will. I don't buy that. I don't buy it because I don't see that a God who created the universe with love and attention, a God that cares about people, does things to harm people or to make things difficult for them. I don't buy that at all. Now, that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, but I don't think it's God's will. I don't think that's God's intention. In fact, quite the opposite. I think God's will and intention is for us to, ha- to live effectively, to be able to respond to problems or bad things that occur, and to know that we are loved in the midst of it, to know that God cares and will help in the midst of that. It is not about the hard thing and blaming God or anybody else. It's about saying, okay, what is God's will? That we get along, that we have hope, that we find our way through. Very often we'll need each other in order to do that. We hope that you will come and be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. See, we're not interested in understanding. Once we've made an opinion about what we like or what we believe, we want to consider that to be the truth and the permanent truth. It's an eternal truth. It's an absolute. Problem is that there's very few things that are absolutes in our world. 
And uh, a belief structure that's based on that is going to find itself frustrated and in opposition a lot of the time. We need to understand each other. It really helps if we can know what a person is going through when they're talking to us. If we can understand their perspective, what is it that they value that helps them to see things certain ways? If I can appreciate what it is that is important to them, maybe I can find the way to relate well to them. And maybe they can understand me a little better. Maybe we can get along better if we could understand each other. Now that takes a little bit of wisdom. We've got to learn a few things. We've got to practice a few things. But understanding why a person feels the way they do, why they think the way they do, enables us to communicate. It enables us to understand. It enables us to get along. Now, why are they doing that? Well, this is the next part of that verse. It says, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord. Well, I suppose not everybody has faith. Not everybody's interested in pleasing the Lord. They may not even know if the Lord's real or not. But here's the thing. What is a life that is fully pleasing to God? I think we can say that regardless of your faith, to understand what it means to live a life fully pleasing to God would probably be pretty pleasing to yourself as well. We need to find what is it that we think would honor God. And I think that means getting along together. I don't think it means taking one another, um, taking advantage of each other, causing harm, being in conflict, uh, trying to climb over each other. Those things are harmful. They're negative and they're very sad. No, I don't think that's what God has in mind at all. Fully pleasing to the Lord might be that the building a sense of joy and hope and confidence and a willingness to cooperate and respect and to belong. These things create community. These things create well-being. These things we, we often do, even if we don't have a faith. In times of funeral, when someone we care about is uh, dies, very often you'll see many friends and family come together, and they all come together in love to help each other, to encourage each other, to tell the stories of great life together, and to lift their eyes above the grave. <coughs> that would be pleasing unto us, isn't it? Very often we find comfort from those who care. The more we care, the better we feel. So, a life fully pleasing to God is likely to be fully pleasing to us. And what the scripture says is, as you bear fruit in every good work, and as you grow in the knowledge of God. Well, it'd be nice if we could increase our knowledge of God. It would certainly help us in our understanding and perspective, wouldn't it? Here's the thing. To bear fruit is to uh, be... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Trees are known by the fruit that they bear. Now, most trees bear fruit in certain seasons. Some do that in the spring. Some do it in the summer. Some may do it in the fall. But unlike trees, we bear fruit too. Unlike trees, we don't just bear it in a season. We bear fruit every single day, in every season, all year, every year, throughout our lives. Every single day, we produce fruit, and that fruit defines who we are. 
just as an apple tree is defined by the fruit that it bears, a pear tree would be the same, a fig tree would be the same, so you and I, like trees, bear fruit. The difference is that we don't do it for just a season, and we, only, we don't do it occasionally. We also have the freedom to choose what kind of fruit we're going to bear. We don't have to be uh, one kind of fruit only. We get to choose whether it's going to be good or whether it's going to be bad, whether it's going to be succulent and, and uh, juicy or not. <laughs> we get to choose what kind of fruit we're going to bear, what kind of fruit we want to produce. Now, people do define their knowledge of someone else based on that fruit. They will say, if you're good, that'll be a tasty fruit, a fruit that I like, a fruit that I'd like to be around. If it's bad fruit, well, what do you do with bad fruit? Throw it out, I guess. Isn't that what we do? So we distance ourselves from those who produce poorly or badly. So we want to produce good fruit. And I think we would want and hope that everyone's fruit will be good. We'd love for everyone to be producing good fruit and for us to get along doing so. In order for that to, for us to do that, you have to think somewhat like a fruit salad. Pineapple goes, my mangoes go, strawberries go, peaches go, apples go, bananas, mangoes, all this stuff goes. It can all dwell together and get along pretty well, and it tastes pretty good. Well, this is true, too, for us, and it's what's necessary now. The reason we've been so sad, I think, is that we have forgotten the value of caring for each other. We have come to disagree with each other and let that be more important than our getting along. According to John Wesley, which is of the tradition that I like to follow in terms of theology, he says that two major issues we have to deal with are inclusion and pluralism. Inclusion is where every single person is treated the same. Every single person is honored and welcomed and respected. Pluralism is about the differences that exist between persons, and we accept those differences. What John Wesley said is, in the essentials, we have to have unity. We've got to agree on the core things. But in the non-essentials, we have to allow freedom. Pluralism means we're all going to be different, we're all going to have different perspectives, and we all have something to offer. Now, this is true in terms of spiritual gifts and physical gifts, in terms of emotional experience and background, education, skills. All these things are different, and it gives each one of us an important place and an important part to play. Now, if we would hold inclusion and pluralism together, then that builds community. For everyone believes that they are respected and belong, everyone makes their contribution with confidence and joy, and they don't allow the adversity to be more important than the success or the prosperity. This is what I think will help us to make it through these hard times. Learning how to grow in wisdom and understanding. Learning how to live a pleasing life. Our lives are short, so let's make the most of every single day. Let's make the most of every single relationship. Let's make the most of every single opportunity. And as we do, let's be the best people we can be while we do it. Let's bear the fruit that people like to taste. Let's bear the fruit that people like to enjoy and want to be with, that they'll return to and feel good every time they're in the midst of it. As we grow in the knowledge of God, as we grow in the knowledge of ourselves, and as we give ourselves for each other, we may find that we're not as depressed as we once were, that we're not as fearful as we once were, 
There's a lot less to be afraid of, a lot less anxiety, and that can make us very happy. So at least a suggestion for you for this week. Let's see if we can't bear good fruit every single day. Wake with a thought, live through the day with that thought, end the day with gratitude for having done the best you could be and offering the best fruit that you've got. We'll be known by that produce, and we'll know very quickly how people respond. Have a great week. May it be good. May it be cheerful. Maybe you'll see some changing leaves. Maybe you'll be anticipating the fall with some joy and hope. And it could be very, very good. I hope you connect with us again next time. Till then, if you want to reach out to me, please do so at greg, G-R-E-G, at waystationsministries.org. And I look forward to hearing your questions or hearing your comments or responding in any way that we can to be together. So long. Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this time and hope that you'll join us again next time, next week, when we get together for a little more time on the road together. May it be good for you all the way through.